Welcome to this very special International Women's Day edition of the Disruptor Series podcast, where we listen to people who are using disruption to grow and improve business and culture throughout the world. I am your guest host, Savannah Ebeling. This year's International Women's Day theme is Break the Bias. Our very own CEO, Jill Nicolation, takes the hosting seat to speak with Andy Aragon, VP and Country Manager of GoDaddy, and Maya Kane, Executive Director, Marketing and Communications of CBC, about their leadership styles and what this year's theme means to them. That compelling conversation begins right now. Welcome, I'm Jill Nicolation, CEO of Juniper Park TVWA, and today we have a special edition of Disruptor Series podcast to celebrate International Women's Day, and the theme of 2022 is Break the Bias. And for me, I see the bias in leadership style, and traditionally a lot of our our industries, and actually all three industries that we're in, um, uh, media and entertainment and uh, tech and advertising, are predominantly, have been predominantly masculine-led, a lot of masculine energy. But I really do believe, um, and you guys have heard me talk about it, the language of business is, I don't think, is no longer solely masculine. I believe the feminine qualities of vulnerability, empathy, collaboration, listening, compassion, things we talk a lot about in the agency are part of modern and impactful leadership, regardless of our gender. And um, I, I've learned, and I think you both will agree, that uh, you can be a high-performance and forward-leaning organization, and you can do it with kindness and generosity and with gratitude. And performance doesn't have to be cutthroat, and kindness doesn't have to be at the expense of performance. And so with this in mind, I am joined today by two women leaders who are leaders in their respective fields to discuss their leadership styles and what breaking the bias means to them and what they're doing with their teams and their industries to continue to help women thrive. So we're going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to speak with Anne Aragon first, and then we're going to talk with Maya Kane second, and then we'll blur it all together. So Anne, welcome. Our first panelist is Anne de Aragon. She's the Vice President and Country Manager for GoDaddy Canada, uh, one of our longstanding clients, and the company that empowers everyday entrepreneurs. Um, so this is such a wonderful topic because not only you as a leader, Anne, but also the, the very role that you play and your company plays. You're responsible for all of GoDaddy operations in Canada, leading the charge on business strategy and growth, Throughout your tenure at GoDaddy, you've worked closely with Canadian small businesses to understand their needs and to help them reap the benefits of having an online presence. So welcome. Thank you. And at GoDaddy, we'll start right in. You have the opportunity to work with a lot of women, both within your team and in entrepreneurs who use GoDaddy's products. Can you tell us a little bit more about your personal leadership style and the kind of environment you like to create for your team? Yeah, definitely. And um, first of all, I, I love to see so many men here today to celebrate International Women's Day. That's yeah. a real honor to have you all and to be part of this. Um, but yeah, I think it's, you know, my leadership styles evolved over the years. And, um, you know, starting out young in my career, you know, you you follow, uh, you know, what you see, I think. And, and you know, I saw a lot of um, 
women leaders, I really admired, but um, I found that, you know, sometimes they would get more um, like almost dismissive of the feminine qualities and start to really lean into, um, you know, sort of more behaviors around just being really almost more cold and um, uh, forceful. And, you know, and, you know, the juxtaposition between how I saw people lead and how I knew that they were in real life became awkward, you know, in terms of, uh, of that. So as I started to develop more maturity and more leadership and more, more ability to um, have worked with a variety of different people, you start to come into your own skin a little bit. Right. And so for me, um, you know, I always have felt very uh, empathetic with the people that I've worked with. I, I worked in environments where, you know, I had to stack rank people on my team, which I really dislike because I can, you know, if you have good people, they they bring different skill sets and they bring different um, abilities to the table. And for me, it was always about the collective whole of what we were achieving as a team. And I don't, I didn't like pitting one employee against another employee. So, you know, sort of being able to move on from, from that type of environment into GoDaddy has been really beneficial for me because, you know, my team right now is all women. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I work for a woman manager and I have women on my team. And, you know, in fact, a lot of our um, amazing agency people that we work with um, are, are women. And so, you know, a- after years of sort of being in that environment, it's allowed me to really appreciate the skills um, that women bring to the table. And what I'm really feeling on my team, right, is a real sense of um, uh, collaboration and no sort of, um, not to say, you know, men bring ego to the table, but w- the women on my team certainly don't. I mean, it's, it's certainly very open and, and um a collaborative environment. There's no posturing for, um, you know, uh, position, uh, you know, we're all sort of contributing to the greater whole, each bringing in an individual skill set. And, you know, what I really looked for is individuals that can complement uh, each other, but also bring, you know, their strengths to the table in an authentic way so that there's, there isn't that, um, you know, competing for, for position. Um, and so that's something I think that, you know, through my leadership style, I've been able to find three, you know, just a small team of three, but it's, it's three people that's really uh, got complementary skills um, who are, again, sort of working for the, the greater whole and just really able to keep their eye both on sort of the long-term objectives as well as managing the details of day-to-day. So that, I think, takes a bit of um, skill to be able to keep an eye on both. And that's how I feel, you know, we operate at GoDaddy Canada. Beautiful. And you're making me think of a book that I read and I love um, called The Female Brain. And uh, Dr. Luann Brisdine talks about that, about having, she's like, I think a lot of our wiring comes from the Stone Age and how men are wired to lean into hierarchy because there's only so many lions. They're, they're off hunting. They all can't come home with the lions. They need to know in, in, in advance who's coming home with the lion and what order, depending on how many lions. Whereas women stayed home at the fortress and we looked after the kids and we, we'd have to multitask. So we'd have to help each other because you may not have the physical strength and or our guy may not come home with the lion. So you have to have friends to help with with all the work and you have to have friends in order to eat. Um, and so she talks a lot about the the you can see how we're wired and what you said about collaboration and no ego and working together as a team. Um, it's a fascinating book. Maybe you're making me think of that. 
how do you nurture it? Because you, when you when people come in, they can be collaborative, but but what? How does it show up in terms of how you nurture different skills, and how do you keep ego from from not rearing its head? Um, it's, I think it's a lot about being supportive. And so, you, you know, as younger women come into the business and they don't ha- necessarily have all the background and skills, you need to, um, I think, create a safe environment where people can get out of their comfort zone, but feel supported. And, you know, so I always push my team to do a little bit more than they did last time to take on a little bit bigger of a project than they took last time and to leverage their networks and build their networks to help them do that but at the same time I'm there to support so they're not just told like go run this major new initiative or or else you know it's it's more like let's you know I think you're ready to run this major new initiative and I'm going to be there to support you and I'm going to help set you up with the right you know people and tools to support you so that you can shine you know when you're doing this and what I found is and this is you know this is based on experiences that I've had in my past of people having done this for me or helped you know, be ambitious for me in my past, which now gives me sort of the ability to help others to just say, you know, you can, um, you should always try to be expanding and growing and and increasing your sort of personal, um, you know, network and capabilities, but nobody wants you to do it alone. Nobody's setting you up for failure. Like it's, it's a very supportive effort to, um, to help people take on bigger challenges and give them again, you know, if they don't have all the tools or if they don't understand how to pull reports or do, you know, um, calculations and that sort of thing, I'm always there to sort of help and guide my team with, with, um, with those skills. And then, you know, when the thing is done and I see that there's been this, this sort of um, scary moment, but that they've come through it on the other side, like there's that level of gratitude too, so that they know you know, Hey, I've, you know, I've just, I've actually increased my skills and I'm now, you know, more capable and more able to be, you know, promoted or take on bigger assignments. And so it's personally fulfilling both for me and, and also for people that, you know, you help coach to that, to that level. That's beautiful. I'm a big fan of gratitude. Um, cause I, I do think it's this wonderful flywheel that just keeps going around. Um, when you have that part of your culture, it's beautiful. Um, switching from your team to your customers and um, yeah. people who use it. And so talk to us about the makeup of the entrepreneurs that you interact with or you or, or GoDaddy interacts with. Talk yeah. to us about and, what you see there. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I'd love to see more female entrepreneurs and we are seeing more female entrepreneurs, but if you look at the makeup of small business in Canada, it's still predominantly male owned or, you know, some male, female ownership. But what we are seeing, which is really encouraging is the number of women, you know, starting new businesses has increased. The number of women coming to GoDaddy's website has increased. Um, Last year we had about 33% of all our users were women, uh, sorry, two years ago. And then last year it was 40%. So we saw a nice increase from 33 to 40% uh, in terms of women using um, or, you know, coming to GoDaddy to look for solutions to support, you know, the growth of their small businesses. Um, the one thing we are still seeing with women, though, is they are spending a little less. They are looking around a little more. So they're spending more time on the site. They're checking out more pages. They're, they are actually buying a little bit less uh, than men, only about 7% less than men. Um, you know, but I still do think that they're, the signs that I've seen, um, 
have been, you know, showing more and more women are getting to business to the point that we've now partnered with two organizations, one called Revolution Her, which was formerly Mompreneur, and another one called Total Mom. And so each of these organizations has a vast network of female entrepreneurs uh, within them. And so working with these organizations, it really helps bring our message and our opportunities and tools to, to female entrepreneurs, but also allows us to support these incredibly strong Canadian, you know, female-led and female-supported um, entrepreneurial organizations. So um, I'm hopeful that we will continue to see more and more women starting businesses. And part of the research that we do have tells us that, you know, when people start a new business or are a business owner, you know, they're, um, they're very happy. 80% say they're happier than before they had their own business. They really value the flexibility. Not everybody wants to grow. And in fact, uh, most Canadian entrepreneurs do not want to grow. They just want to sustain at a level that provides them with um, the lifestyle and the flexibility that they're looking for. And so I think for a lot of women, especially who've been, you know, just sort of caught up in these 60, 70 hour work weeks in the corporate world, this can be really appealing, right? To still be able to use your brain, follow your passion, um, but also to, to, you know, sort of cultivate that, that perfect work environment for yourself by having your own business. So um, we will continue with um, the work that we do with your agency, the work that we do with um, our other agencies to continue to bring female entrepreneurs forward to tell the stories, uh, to inspire other women to um, to think about that as a path for them. That's fascinating. So we've heard a lot about women coming out of the workforce during the past two years of the pandemic and, and the impact it's had on, on women who have been bearing more brunt at home. And just, so I wonder, you know, you've seen an increase, we say 33% to 40%? 33% to 40%, yeah, in, in our website, which, um, you know, is, is a really big one-year mm -hmm. jump. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really big one-year jump. And then it also struck it to me was something you said about women buying a little less. Um, something is a great book called Why She Buys. And in that book, it talks about how when women enter and they see this in financial, they see this in automotive, they take a longer time um, because they're checking, they're doing, they do more research or it's in investing. I know I read that women start investing slower, but they go, so I want to know how it works before I jump in, where men might go, oh, I'm going to start buying a few things and I'll see, I'll learn how it works as I go. So I wonder if it's, who knows, um, in your world, as I build a business, do I start a bit smaller and I get it right um, rather than dabbling? And in, in, I don't know, do you, do you see anything like that or does your research cut it that way? Um, I do know that women will spend more time getting the aesthetic right. So for example, they'll spend more mm. time building their website. They'll spend more time getting photography. You know, if you buy, if you get the GoDaddy website builder, for example, it comes already with 11,000 stock images that are licensed mm. from Getty. And I think, um, you know, women might use that more as a inspiration as opposed to, I'm just going to use these and get my site up and out. Like they think, oh, that's beautiful. Oh, I should have my own flavor of that and, and, you know, get the right photography and get, so there is, I think, more time spent on getting that piece of it right. And that piece of it, um, going. And I think men are more jumping right into how am I, you know, how do I sell X or whatever it is that they're, um, that they're offering. So th those are more the differences that we see, but I, I still think, um, both, you know, men and women can probably learn from each other. I think more women should maybe be more focused on, 
selling and more men should be focused on the aesthetic. And so there, mm-hmm. there might be a happy medium there. Yeah, I think you're right. Both sides can learn from each other. Um, is that something how you do, you do it when you do product development or, or journey development? Do you look at different gender or is that is it are you just noticing the behaviors through or is that is that a design it, no, it's not a design, actually, which is interesting. Um, you know, and again, I think it's been so um, like our business was primarily, you know, male customers um, mm-hmm. up until the last maybe seven or eight years. And because we were domains and hosting and and that's sort of tended to favor men were more, um, more the purchasers of those things. But now um, that we have design tools, like to create social media posts, to create logos, to create beautiful websites. I think that's what's attracting women is they want to be able to come in and create on their own beautiful sites. So we haven't done really the, the path for mm-hmm. each, uh, each of those genders. It's just more of a, a observational um, um, thing that I've, that I've seen. And certainly, you know, when I started seven years ago, uh, the number uh, of, of female entrepreneurs. We don't really do um, we don't really do any profiling of our customer. We do this more through mm-hmm. analytics. But we mm-hmm. were maybe at about, um, eighteen to twenty percent women, and so now we're up to forty. So you can really see yeah. that that's really grown just even in that time, right? And that's really been through the prevalence of of getting less of a focus on the domains hosting side of the business and more mm-hmm. of a focus on um, the the websites, the online store, the marketing tools, that sort of thing. That's really interesting. Uh, that's incredible shift um, and really great to see. And what I was thinking as you were talking too is, you know, as women start, because um, I know we do some work with you, like, like we talk about side hustle and, and, and instead of leaving a job and starting cool, you might actually start a side hustle. Um, and, and women actually already do have side hustles in, 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 in many places. We have a side hustle called our family or we have a side hustle called maybe we volunteer at the school or one of our, uh, or in a community organization. So this is almost another side hustle that, um, that she's expanding into. Um, but women typically already have side hustles in an right. unconventional yeah. way. Multitaskers for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and a lot of times women too, they'll take a personal interest. They might take an interest in, um, home and lifestyle or arts and craft mm-hmm. or children and um, babies and, and turn that into their side hustle. So a lot of times it's more spawned by a personal interest. Whereas I think men might be like, what business can I do that makes money? You know, what is it? Interesting. That, yeah. So those are some of the trends that we've seen as well. That's fascinating. It's fascinating yeah. to see. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. So thank you. It's, 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 it's fascinating. And, and I know we'll come back because I know you do a lot of work on the personal side too, for how you, how you lift women and setters. We can come back to that. Um, so thank you. So now Maya, welcome Maya. Our next panelist is Maya Kane. She's executive director of marketing communications at CBC, one of our newer clients. Uh, Maya leads CBC's innovative marketing communications team to drive audience engagement across all of their platforms and all of their programming. She has a tenure of more than 11 years with CBC, and she has recently returned to the National Public Broadcaster in May of last year after serving as Executive Director, Communications Strategy and Stakeholder Relations at U of T, University of Toronto, for two years. So you're boomeranging back to CBC, which I love. That says a lot, too. Um, throughout your career, Maya, she's always been a champion for engagement and inclusion. You're going to hear her talk a lot about that because it just oozes out of you, Maya. 
um, including advocating for and implementing new inclusion and equity plans, hiring practices, and mentorship initiatives at CVC. So, Maya, welcome. Thank you so much. And uh, I um, wanted to say thank you for inviting me to talk amongst this esteemed virtual panel uh, with you, Jill, and with you, Anne. So I'm really happy to be here. And uh, I think it was you, David, who uh, first reached out and I, uh, I jumped on it. I said, yes, absolutely. You I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> no hesitation. Even well, though I, I must admit, like, I really hate public speaking, but I will uh, do it for you. <laughs> what I love, though, is the three of us um, are all so different, and yet we have such a similar chord. But, but I, I love that as I, as I, yeah, we're quite different, which you guys are all going to hear. Um, so, Maya, can you tell us a bit about your leadership style and how did that come about? That's an interesting story. Yeah, uh, I will start. It's almost like I had no choice just based on where my mother worked for her whole life, which was um, um, she was a federal government employee in senior leadership positions within the status of Women Canada for like over three decades. So I just grew up um, with her and just knowing about um, her her fight for um for gender equality, for pay equity, for, um, you know, keeping women safe from violence, um, international work. She represented Canada at um, many UN councils um, and conferences. Um, so I just grew up knowing that. And I, you know, she instilled a sense of um pride in who I was and, and, but also that there were going to be challenges in life and not just challenges as a woman, um, but challenges because I'm a, for those who may not be able to see this as a podcast, I'm a biracial um, black woman. And I just knew that there would be additional challenges to, to face um, in life. And, uh, but I had a lot of, you know, including my mother, I had a, just a really um, strong foundation of women leaders um, in my family and those who um, who I've gotten to know and who have been mentoring me throughout all of this time. And so, you know, where does my leadership come from? It comes mm -hmm. from a place of really um, showing that I can do it and 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 working against those biases. I just wanted to prove, I don't know, there was something in me. I just wanted to prove that I could do it, um, that I could be independent, that I could have a voice, that I could be at the table, that I could um, talk to anybody. And even mm -hmm. though there were likely um, people who were judging me in the background, I, I tried to sort of not see that. And I tried to take everything that came at me and I really wanted to understand where people were coming from. Um, but I think what I did was just really aligned myself with those people who um, did have some of the same values as me and looked mm -hmm. for those opportunities where, um, you know, people had uh, the same values they 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 really understood um women women in leadership um they knew that they needed to pay it forward and mm -hmm. i always wanted to do that as well um 
So that's really where my leadership has come from. And leadership, you grow into it. You learn about it. Um, not every woman out there in the working environment necessarily needs to become a leader, but mm-hmm. I just knew that I loved it. I love teamwork. I really, really get a high off of it. <laughs> I love seeing uh, teams come together. I love seeing the output. I love seeing whether it worked out or not. I it It's just so inspiring to see people work together. And that's why I, I, I became a leader. I really, truly believe that. Um, and also just the work that I do in media, uh, marketing and advertising and all of those things, like it really does take collaborative teamwork in order to get that done and to actually see when it is finished. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, none of us do anything alone, right? And, <laughs> right. And, 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 and that's why I say it's okay to ask for help. You know, no one does it alone. We all know that. So uh, exactly. Um, a few things you've said in there, and you and I have talked about this before, about because you've said you've always felt like you've gone somewhere where you're welcome or you felt you could, or you're surrounded by people. And I get that, I get that question. Is that, I think that's really important to almost punctuate because I've, I've been places where I haven't felt welcome. And I was almost like, okay. And then I realized, what am I doing here? What, yeah. what am I doing? They, they, they really don't want me here. And, and they maybe thought they did, but now they don't. And it, and it was after two years at a place, I just, you know, I could make, I can make a lot more progress if I went to a place that wanted me. <laughs> you don't have to always stay. And, and, and if it's, it's not the right, because, you, because what you just said is you make, you can make so much ground when, when you want, when they're, when you're wanted and when your thoughts are. So I thought that was very interesting that you said that, that I thought people should think about too, is make sure you, if someone doesn't want you there, then go somewhere where it is. You'll make way more headway, way more headway and open way more doors. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and actually, you know, um, in our conversation, you had, uh, I don't know, given me a little bit of an aha moment into sort of the choices that I've made, but mm-hmm. you make those choices. You said uh, there's sort of the um, a feminine way of, of leadership. And I think that I have chosen my path and the places that I've worked based on, um, whether I knew it or not, I guess it was subconscious. Uh, I, I feel like I've chosen just sort of a more feminine route. Now, you had mentioned earlier on that, you know, some of the industries that we're in, advertising, media, can be mm-hmm. more male-dominated. Um, at the CBC, it is, it is I, I won't say female-dominated, but there is a, there's balance, a really good balance. Um, and and really strong female leadership. So I I don't know how I ended up here, but it is a place that I guess I feel comfortable. And same with when I worked in government um, and and advertising, there just seemed to be a more um, feminine, to your point, style mm-hmm. of leadership that I aligned myself with. You know. Yeah, and when, and when I say that, I don't mean female per se, right? Like I mean fe- feminine, meaning collaborative and vulnerable and trusting and inclusive, and masculine being accomplishment and measurement and striving, because all those should coexist. And it's when they get out of kilter that sometimes it it it, it well for anyone again, whether it's male, female. But yeah, working with you at the CBC, uh, it, it is a beautiful balance. Um, it is a beautiful balance of 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 energy that that is there. So what? So you, you have followed your intuition, um, or you you almost like you you have a very strong energy to you. You you followed your energy, and you've you've always you said you go to places where you're welcome. So what does break the bias mean for you? 
What does break the this year's theme of break the bias? What does it mean for you? So I always like to answer those questions with a story. So everyone indulge yeah. me, please. <laughs> um, you know, for me personally, I won't give you a definition. I will give you a bit of a story. So, um, you know, just to be truthful and honest with you, I spent 11 really, really great years at the CBC and in different roles, but I decided to leave because not that I didn't love it because I honestly didn't see a future career path for me there. You know, I wasn't the, um, I don't know. I wasn't the daughter of a, diplomat or I didn't come from you know oodles of money and or I didn't have like that star quality like that that to me was who CBC would have typically maybe hired in the past and so I made the tough decision to leave and I uh, brought my authentic self to U of T and I succeeded mm -hmm. there and and uh, just for all of you um, I'm not telling you to leave your current jobs, but it, it's always nice to go and get a fresh perspective and, and work in a different environment to really know your worth. Um, and then I just think the stars aligned. There was the murder of George Floyd, um, social awakening, uh, the position um, that I would have aspired to at the CBC became available. And I thought, God, I'm going to I'm going to do this. I'm going to put myself out there. And because I think, number one, I think if we were at a point in time where someone like me, just a regular average person who's worked their way up, could could be uh, a candidate. And I just thought I could bring a little extra something just based on my leadership style and who I was. And so I listened to a lot of motivational podcasts. <laughs> to a lot of my mentors and and um, you know put my hat in the ring and I'm very excited I, I'm I'm back at the CBC yeah. because media um, has a particular calling to me uh, I think this time is so important media can change the cultural landscape and I really do believe um, that media is going to be a key factor in how we as leaders um, bring ourselves to the office. I believe it's going to help change the interactions, uh, the social interactions amongst all of us, amongst Canadians, internationally. It is one of the most important besides maybe uh, government uh, ways to influence um, a generation of people. It's so incredibly poignant. CBC. Mm. You're back, yeah. <laughs> I'm back at the cool. CBC, and I'm going to try and make a difference in whatever uh, small way I can. I don't want to make it sound too lofty, but in whatever small way I can, I really do want to make a difference. Well, you're being humble because you are head of communications at the CBC. So, um, uh, but, but but you're right, I and mean, you were making me think of this. You said you. you media can can influence culture and shift culture. Jenny Glover, who's one of our executive creative directors here, she said that to me, uh, I think it was three years ago. She said, she says, Joe, with every script I write and every casting call I make and every wardrobe recommendation I choose, I can shape culture. Who I show, how I show them, what they say, how they show up. In 15 seconds, in 30 seconds, in six seconds, I'm actually influencing. 
um, people's minds. And I, and I, and, and that was another layer on the type of work we do. Now you have even greater content, but you just said there, um, reminding me of something Jenny, um, Jenny said, she, she said, I take it really seriously. Am I reinforcing a stereotype or am I breaking a stereotype? Am I moving someone forward? You know? Yeah. Um, the hardest part of diversity and inclusion, DEI has grown in all of our mindsets, rightfully so. I think the hardest part for diversity and inclusion is the inclusion part, because you can get the diversity in, but if you expect people to still show up like you, mm-hmm. just like you, 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 people don't bring their whole selves. Um, they're just showing up, but they're containing it to fit into a box. And uh, probably all three of us in different ways in our paths of, and, and you talked about that actually at the beginning, which was um, a lot of women were in roles, but they were showing up in the masculine form. So I'm there, but I better talk like you, walk like you, behave like you. So, so Maya, what, what does, how does that resonate with you? Diversity is one thing. Inclusion is another. What, how does that as a, as a, as a, person at the CBC in a biracial, how does that resonate with you? Well, I think you're so right. I think, um, I think historically people, women especially probably have mirrored um, that, that Mm -hmm. masculine way of leadership or behavior simply because that's maybe what they thought was right, but they weren't bringing their authentic selves. And, you know, when I was younger, I probably couldn't have articulated that or, or have known that. Right. Um, So, so now, I mean, your question, how do we bring a more um, inclusive lens to how we all work together? God, that's an easy question. Um, you know, I don't have all the answers, but like I can, I can try and share what I'm doing and what the CBC is doing. And it's one of the reasons, again, why I came back because um, this social awakening has um, changed the way we all do business. I hope um, that we're being more considerate. Um, We are like, it's diversity, inclusion, equity is hopefully in what we do every day. Um, so what I'm bringing to my team is, uh, yes, definitely higher diversity, higher some of those, um, some of those who are underrepresented, um, because they will eventually bring a diverse perspective to your work. And I think that absolutely in our business, where we're trying to attract and need to reflect who Canada really is, that's really important. But to your point, if people don't feel comfortable and safe to add their voice to the conversation, um, then that's not necessarily helpful. That's not inclusive. So what I try to do is, um, you know, inspire, try to be approachable, an approachable leader. Um, I try to make sure that people understand that they can use their voice, that there's not going to be repercussions, but then um, offer a safe place so that they can um, speak um, and, and have a voice and say what they really need to say. It's really hard work. It's uncomfortable work. Um, I try to make my objectives clear. My top objective 
is diversity, equity, inclusion. Make sure that what you're doing in order to reach um, diverse Canadians is to make sure you're being considerate of that in everything that you do, in your strategies, in your creative, in your research, in your PR. Make sure that you're sitting down and taking the time to be considerate of who your audience is. Make sure you're thinking about, maybe I should go ask some others because I actually don't know the answer. It's being considerate, it's tracking it, it's um, bringing that authenticity <laughs> um, mm -hmm. to the work by engaging with your, hopefully, your diverse colleagues. And I think ultimately that is going to create an inclusive environment. But I will say it's tough. I just muted myself with my elbow. Um, it's tough work. Uh, it's tough work. And, uh, but I'm, I'm here for it. And I, I just want to, you know, if my staff might ever listen to this, I want to know, <laughs> I want them to know that, you know, um, you're there for a reason. And uh, like I said, teamwork um, makes everything work and we'll be a better place and CBC will be a better place um, because of it. And CBC is a very, as, as uh, Juniper Park is learning, <laughs> is a, we have a very unique place in media. And so if not CBC, to make sure that we're being representative, then who? It's beautiful. Thank you. It is, it's, I didn't mean to make it a small, uh, it's, it's capitalized. It's a, it's a, it's a big question. So thank you. Thank you. No, there's a lot, lots going on there. Thank you. And what is, I didn't ask you this, what does break the bias mean for you? Uh, well, you know, Maya said a beautiful answer. Um, but for me, I think it is helping to, uh, to, on two fronts, right? I always think about um, within the organization, how to, again, support and push women into um, bigger and better opportunities um, and be a mentor and have a mentor that helps me as well move along. And, you know, for our customer, uh, again, we want to nurture and see that female business owners succeed and grow. And so I think it through telling the stories and depicting you know, women in our ads and women in our um, influencer series, which we do a ton of, right? We have so many uh, beautiful and wonderful uh, women that we've worked with across social media um, who are both influencers in their own right and who also have become spokespeople for GoDaddy um, talking about their journey and and um, and how, you know, the technology has played a role in, in, in their journey. So, you know, for me, it would just, it's really important to keep that uh, very, um, you know, conscious decision to continue to support um, women, both within the organization, as well as the small business woman who wants to, um, you know, start a business, grow a business, take over mm -hmm. a business, right? Um, you know, we want to keep, keep um, that very much in focus. You're making me think of a study that I saw from McKinsey a few years ago. It 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 uh, it shook me in a sense because we talk about we need more women leaders. And what the McKinsey report said that actually the biggest fallout of women, and you're talking about mentorship, and the biggest fallout of women in the workforce is from entry level to manager. 
and I would wonder if they're starting uh, entrepreneurship with through GoDaddy, but the, because the either they can't get their footing or it doesn't feel congruent, they have to show up inauthentically, and or the flexibility isn't there, or just the inclusiveness doesn't happen. And so what McKinsey's study says, yeah, we aren't going to get women more women leaders if if the biggest fallout is at the first three to four years. And so as I'm hearing you talk about nurturing and Maya, you said something similar too, but the nurturing of stay with it, or can we shift the, the tone of business or the way of business? So we actually can find um, a path, a comfort level. I don't mean that, but more just the way our, 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 our way it can be included, not just the masculine way. So uh, you're making me think about that as well. The, the fallouts at the junior levels. Um, well, they... and if the pipeline dries up, right, then you're, you are going to have a dearth when it gets higher. But, and yeah. I, I um, speaking from my own experience, like it took me a long time to move into management. And I think part of it was because I, um, you know, get these jobs and I would, I would love my job and I would feel like I had to perfect, you know, my job. And, and so, um, I actually probably didn't apply for a job within the same company. And I was at Microsoft for, for many, many years, but I didn't apply for a job for probably 10, 12 years because what would happen is I would do a job. Like I'd be the product manager for Microsoft office, for example. And then um, someone would come along probably after every two to three years and say, okay, now we want you to be this other thing. We want you to be the solution manager. We want you to be the advertising manager. We want you to be the events team manager. And, you know, I always, my inclination was always to say, well, no, uh, because I haven't mastered this other thing that I'm, I've been doing for the last two and a half years. And I literally had other people come in and be ambitious for me because I was not ambitious mm. for myself um, to the point where it finally, you know, after a decade <laughs> really dawned on me that you can take control and you can move at a faster pace. And so you know, I think that might be the problem for women too, is maybe they're just so, and again, I managed a lot of men in my career as well. And I always would find that, you know, when doing the reviews or, you know, seeing them want to try different roles, they didn't necessarily think they had, you know, to completely master the old role or have every single skill um, required for the next role. They were just like gung ho. And, you know, I learned something from that too, from managing men that they are, ready to accelerate and push way faster, at least than I was. And, you know, I've seen it with other women I managed to, like when I took over this one team, there was one woman and she was so, she felt so beat up, um, you know, that she had just never, she hadn't had a couple good performance reviews. She was always just sort of put by the wayside. She was so smart and so capable mm -hmm. and they just hadn't seen it. And I was able to, mm -hmm. I was able to save her um, from quitting and found her an awesome new role in the company. And I know, you know, again, she was very grateful because she, she wasn't seen, she had fallen through the cracks. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. for me, that was maybe one of my first successes is to just really help this amazingly smart and capable woman, like be realized for what she was. So, you know, I think what you're saying about the McKinsey study and people leaving in it earlier is that that might be part of it too, is, and, you know, could be starting a family. I mean, there could be all kinds of other things in there, but I do think yep. that women just, you know, they do get off to a slower start. Maybe they think, well, you know what? I haven't, I haven't reached this milestone and I'm, mm -hmm. you know, 30 or, you know, whatever it is in their head that they're telling it, them. 
there's a lot of studies on that, right? That we won't apply. For, we, women won't, will, are less likely to apply for a job unless they have every single skill that's listed versus a man will. And so there's something there. But again, balancing masculine and feminine is sometimes we need to go, no, 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 you got to bring that math. That's more the masculine energy of confidence and conviction. And I, I, I got most of it. I'll, I trust I'm smart enough to figure out the rest when I get there, et cetera. So I love that because it brings it back to not only do we need to bring the feminine up, but maybe at the beginning, we we need actually to lean into the masculine and go go get it and actually sharp elbows like make room for ourselves and actually take yeah. the climb the rung ourselves. Um, and and, I, guess and have, see like, I think having other people that you know see the abilities that you have and push you out of your comfort zone, which I said I like to do with my team, because yeah. that was done to me. You know, I was yeah. eventually just accelerated up through the organization, up through the ranks to the point where um, it, it had it had started to become something that I wanted and went after, but it was really accelerated by um, people, mentors, and managers who were, um, who who saw that I was maybe lacking the ambition and became ambitious for me. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, I love that. yeah. I love that. That's something also we can do all the people listening to is how can you help other people is help be ambition for them and be ambitious for them. I think that's, that's a beautiful way of, of phrasing it as well. Um, Cause I can go do that right away. You can see that that's an action item. Um, okay. So thank you very much. I'm pushing the time has just flown. Um, so as we, as we come to a close, can we even just go, okay, a piece of advice, uh, w- wisdom we pay forward. We've, we've given lots of wisdom. Um, this International Women's Day 2022. Um, I'll go first. And I'll, I'll, I'll show you what I mean. Um, for me, we both talked, you both talked about mentors. One of the things I've, many people say, Julie, you'd be my mentor. I'm like, ah, well, what you can do is just decide who you want your mentors to be and raise your hand for projects or listen to them in podcasts and just decide they're my mentor for this piece of what I admire of you and get close to them and study them. It doesn't have to be so formal. There's actually, you must treat them like professors and just decide I'm going to go to class with you. And so I, I tell people just, Oh, just let's work together and study and ask questions um, and you'll have many more mentors than if you have to sit down and have a formal coffee with somebody. That's that's the advice. That's what I did. I, I just quietly identified my mentors and studied them. So that's one piece I would say for people. Um, Maya, what, what's the piece of advice you have? Your wisdom uh, you can for? There's probably so many, but I'll pick I'll pick two. Mm-hmm. I'll just say if if your path is leadership, um, I encourage you to lead with your authentic self. Be who you are. And I really love what Anne said because it's so true. Um, I think people see the advancement in yourself sometimes before you see it for yourself. And um, but once you get there, just be you because you're good enough. And then the second thing would be to pay it forward. Um, Look for those opportunities um, when they arise to identify others to that you can bring along with you. Not only is it super beneficial for them, but it is also rewarding for you. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And wisdom to pay forward. Um, yeah, I agree with uh, both of your points. And I think I would just add um, two things as well. One would be to take supported risks. So um, don't be afraid to try 
to try something new, um, but just make sure you have your support system in place so that um, you, you, if you fail, you learn, you know, it's, it's a, no, no failure, but a learning. And the second one would be to take feedback as a gift. And, you know, it's hard for managers sometimes to give feedback. It's hard sometimes to hear feedback, but um, I believe in giving feedback. I believe in giving it in the moment to someone. And I do it a lot with my team. And I, I think they're amazing because they do, they, they say, thank you. That's going to help me. And, you know, that is something, um, it, you know, when, again, I was younger, I felt like a criticism. And then I took a course one time and it said, it almost said like, take feedback out here, like take it in your hand and look at it and decide if you want to mm. take the feedback or throw it away. It's not meant to be personal. And so I always think about that. And I, and I, um, I like to give feedback to my team and I like to get feedback. Um, uh, because sometimes you do have your own, your blinders on a little bit, right? You, and you don't necessarily realize things about yourself. So I think that can be a powerful tool in personal and professional growth. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. Hold it out here and look at it. Versus you smear it all over yourself and, and you, you get defensive, I suppose, right? I yeah. like that. And I, I use that one. Um, thank you both. Um, it's been a really great conversation. So much wisdom in here and storytelling. And, and each person's path just gives people uh, examples of how to use your words, my, your authentic path, because each of us took different paths to get where we are. And we're still taking different paths and, and going wherever we're going next. So Anne and Maya, thank you so much and for joining us for uh, International Women's Day 2022. Thank you. Happy International Women's Day. Yes, thank you for me as well. Maya and Anne provided us with some very interesting perspectives throughout their conversation with Jill. Each with their own unique experiences, the common theme was prevalent throughout the entire conversation. Imagine a gender equal world, a world free from bias, stereotypes and discrimination, a world that's diverse, equitable and inclusive, a world where differences are valued and celebrated. And while we have made tremendous strides, only together can we forge women's equality, today and for future generations to come. Collectively, we can all break the bias. If this is your first time listening and you would like to receive all future episodes as they go live, hit that subscribe button. We are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and you can follow Juniper Park TBWA on all major social media platforms. Don't forget to leave a review and a five-star rating on whatever platform you are listening on, as it helps us climb the podcast charts. The Disruptor Series podcast is a production of Juniper Park TBWA and Bolt Content. Our project manager is Val Smith. Our lead writer is Andre Bell. Our producer is Phil Talides. And I am your communications manager, Savannah Ebling. Join us next time as we talk to, listen, and learn from people who are using disruption to grow and improve business and culture throughout the world. <laughs>